This is Tending Seeds, a podcast about my adventures in homesteading and herbalism. I'm Sarah Schuster, and I'll be your host. Thanks for being here today. Hey friends, thanks for being back with me today. This is episode 21 of Tending Seeds. And today we have a homesteading topic. I want to talk about winter homestead projects. It's hard to believe that it's really winter because it's so warm out right now. And we are definitely having an unseasonably warm winter. We've had snow flurries maybe about three times, but we've really yet to have a snow that stuck around or really was more than, you know, I don't think we've even gotten a full inch at this point. So I'm still hopeful for a good winter to knock back our bug population. But yeah, it is still technically winter. I was just talking with some friends that I had dinner with last night that also are all, you know, gardeners and farmers of some sort. And we were just talking about how it just feels like I'm behind right now because it feels like spring outside. And so it's got me feeling like I'm really far behind and like I'm supposed to be starting plants already or just like, what am I doing? It's very confusing. It's really throwing me off. So I'm trying to calm myself down and remind myself that it is January It is going to eventually get cold. We've had this happen other years here in Tennessee where January still felt pretty warm with just a few random cold days scattered throughout. We're not past the freezes. We are going to get colder weather probably in February or even in March. And sometimes, I mean, it's Tennessee. Our weather is always very unpredictable. Sometimes we even get a freeze in May that comes out of nowhere. So anyway, so what I want to do is focus on what kind of stuff should should I actually be thinking about and spending my time on here on the homestead before farming season gets back into full swing. So today I'm going to talk us through some of my recommendations for things you might want to spend some time on over the next couple of months. Also, apologies about all the warm weather talk. If you're somewhere north of me and you're dealing with like feet and feet of snow right now, I'm sorry. I'm not trying to rub it in. I promise I have a friend on Instagram who they've been clocking like negative temperatures, like negative 20, negative 30. So I'm so sorry. (laughs) Anyway, moving on to our topic for today. The first thing that I think about doing during winter would be thinking about tool maintenance. So all my farm tools, my garden tools, any hand tools that you have, this is the time when you really want to spend, you know, spend some time while you have the chance on these maybe slightly warmer days, if you're having them, go putter around in your garden shed or wherever it is that you keep your tools and do some assessment. Is there anything that needs to be repaired or fixed? And then just dive into just the regular like tool maintenance part of that as well. So proper tool maintenance means that one, your tools are going to last longer, which saves you money in the long run. And also is just less wasteful in general. Well-maintained tools also will perform better for you. So keeping your shovels sharpened is going to make cutting through roots so much easier, making sure that you're not putting away pruning shears with, you know, sap on them means that the next time you go to pick them up, they're not going to be all gunked up and not wanting to clip through things. Additionally, the more frequently you do tool maintenance, the easier each one of those maintenance sessions will be. So think about cleaning off maybe a month or a season's worth of buildup versus a year, or if you've ever rescued a tool from someone's yard sale that you could tell had just not been touched for years and years. Think about the amount of time it took to get that cleaned up and functional again. So we really should be maintaining our tools after each use, but honestly, most of us just don't have time for that and it falls by the wayside. So I like to at least make an effort once a year during the winter between seasons to do a really solid tool assessment 
and make sure I've done some good maintenance, repaired whatever needs to be repaired. Also, you know, if there is something that needs to be replaced entirely, it's good to know that now as I head into spring so that I've gone ahead and replaced that before I'm actually needing that tool and going and looking for it. This is also a really good time to think about any tools that you want to clean out and get rid of. So Ben Hartman, who follows like the lean farming system, you know, he talks about like having a red tag area of your tool shed or garden area where anything that you know you aren't actively using, put a red tag on it, set it aside. And that red tag basically means I'm not using this. And so if I don't ever reach for this in the next, you know, season, six months, year, whatever time frame you want to set for yourself, then it means you don't actually need it. And so it's just taking up space that you don't need to allot to it anymore. And you should go ahead and resell it and get some of that money back, give it away, get rid of it, whatever you want to do to get it off your property and not taking up, you know, space and time and clutter. Because why should you spend time maintaining a tool if it's not actually adding value to your garden or farm? So that's also a great thing to do this time of year is go through and do an honest assessment. Do you have tools that you didn't even touch last gardening season? If so, put that proverbial or literal red tag on them and set them aside in a corner. And then maybe you keep them one more season and see if you use them or not. Or maybe you know you can go ahead and let them go right now. Up to you. Back to tool maintenance. So gather up any of your garden tools, shovels, hoes, rakes, hand tools, as well as any of your empty plant containers and hose nozzles. And so you're going to use then a wire brush or a sprayer to get all your dirt and debris off. If you do have any rust spots showing up on your tools, you can use steel wool to remove those. You just want to get these cleaned down as well as you possibly can, getting any foreign objects off of them so that you're just left hopefully with the tools themselves. So get all that caked up mud or whatever, get all that off of there and cleaned up as well as you can. The next step here is you're going to want to disinfect everything. This is really important, um, especially with like those empty plant containers that I mentioned gathering, because you need to kill any uh, pathogens that are on there. This is super important um, between planting crops. If you had like any problems last year with like a crop that just didn't do well right off the start that had some sort of fungus or any other pathogen inhibited it from growing properly or well, you don't want to spread that problem now to the next thing that you plant in that tray if it's still there. So you can disinfect things. There are commercial disinfectants available if you just want to buy something pre-made. Or you can just make your own using like a mixture of like nine parts water to one part bleach. And then you're going to let things soak for about 30 minutes or so to kill any pathogens on that. So you can just get like if you have a big Tupperware or a big pot or something or like a five gallon bucket from somewhere, just going ahead and making up that mixture. You don't have to soak like the entire shovel. Like, I don't think you need to soak the handle, but the actual working part of the implement you want to make sure is in there. Let that soak for about 30 minutes. I know some people just kind of dunk their trays in and out. I mean, that's your call, whatever you want to do. I think the longer you can let them soak, the better to make sure you really got everything off of there. And you do want to swap out batches. So if you have, you know, whatever container you're using to soak your tools, if it won't fit all of your tools in it, Between batches, you do want to make up a new mixture of your disinfectant, whether you're doing that as a homemade one or something you purchased from somewhere else. Don't reuse that and potentially spread things from one tool to the other. So you've cleaned everything off. You've soaked stuff to disinfect it. Now comes the actual kind of like maintenance part after the cleaning. You want to sharpen your blades and shovels with like a flat file. 
And trust me, this makes such a huge difference when you're out there and actually like needing to get something through like roots that you're digging up. Yeah, just having that be a nice, you know, sharp tool is so important. I mean, if you've ever like tried to cut vegetables or tomatoes with a knife that was dull, it's just so much less effective. And I mean, in the kitchen, a dull knife is an unsafe knife. So just make sure everything's good and sharp. Then you can move on to oiling your tools. So the wooden handles on your tools, you can oil that with linseed oil. And you may want to do multiple coats on that, depending like what sort of condition your tools are in. So you may want to like do a coat of linseed oil, let that dry for several hours or even overnight, and then come back. And if it still feels like kind of super dried out, or if you're noticing like some cracking and stuff already starting to happen because it's gotten really weathered and beaten down and not taken care of, you can do more than one coat and that's fine if the wood's feeling like really thirsty to you. You can also oil the metal on your tools. Some of the recommendations for that, I've seen people just use like WD-40. It's really up to you what you use or feel comfortable with. Some people, if you don't want to use oil, you can also store your tools, like the shovel part of your implement, just in like a bucket of sand to sort of help keep that from rusting. That's a really good way because the sand will help hopefully absorb some of that moisture. The biggest thing to make sure of is once you've done all your tool maintenance is making sure that keeping your tools covered and dry and hopefully off the ground if at all possible. So you can make your own sort of DIY tool rack or get like a piece of pegboard just make sure, you know, you're encouraging rust if those things are just sitting on the ground. So that's the big one I wanted to cover today for things you should be thinking about for farm and garden. The next one would be for my winter homesteading projects. My next thing is just education. So if there's stuff that you really have been wanting to research and learn more about, especially in relationship to your farmer garden, this is a great time of year to start focusing on that. I will caution you that this time of year is still normally pretty busy for most of us gardeners. So don't go too overboard and get too wild with it. Maybe pick out just like one or two books that you were hoping to get through and learn from or a single course if there was something that caught your eye or maybe a podcast you're trying to get caught up on or a workshop or something. I personally love finding classes and workshops that happen either if they're online and they're things that I can take at any time of year so they can take them at this time of year or if they're in-person live events that happen this time of year. I'm actually really sad because I've decided I'm not going to be going to some of the conferences this year that I went to the previous two years. So that would include like Organic Grower School in North Carolina and also like the Mid-South Herbal Conference that I went to, both of those for the last two years. And I enjoyed them so much and they were fantastic events. But I'm just realizing just with everything I have going on this year, I really can't afford to be leaving in the middle of, you know, of spring at the start of the growing season. That just feels like not the best move for me. So I'm really wishing there was like a January type class for me to take somewhere, but there is. I am doing a biodynamic gardening workshop in like two weeks here in town that I don't have to travel for. So that's pretty cool. But that's really my only class conferency type thing that I'm doing this year. I'm staying on the farm. Otherwise, there's just too much to do. So yeah, so education is a big thing to look at this time of year. I really would encourage you to do that as well. And I always sort of just keep a running list all year long in Goodreads, uh, which is a reading app that you can get for your phone or use online. I just sort of have a running list of like books that I know I want to read that relate to what I'm doing here on the farm or garden, but I just don't have time to dive into right now. So I always just, you know, pick out maybe one or two of those books to try to get through before planting season starts. 
The next thing on my list would be accounting and budgeting. So this is a big one. And this is, again, a great time of year to do this because it's a new year. Maybe you've just set some new goals for either the homestead, for your personal finances, or if you're running any sort of business, maybe you've set a finance goal for that. No way to get there really without paying attention to your finances and having a budget. So great time of year to sit down with that, whether you're just doing it by hand or with spreadsheets or using um, some sort of program. I know a lot of folks like you need a budget as a program. So there are a lot of options out there for you to choose from. But yeah, just make sure you're being cognizant of like what your goals are and doing some work with that. Setting up good systems in January makes the rest of your year so much easier to not be working retroactively to figure out accounting systems and things like that. Next thing I want to talk about would be woodland management. So if you do have woods or forest on your property and there's any work that needs to be done in there, this is a wonderful time of year to do that because hopefully you will have fewer snakes and ticks to deal with. I wish I could say we have no ticks at all to deal with, but again, the folks I was talking to, the friends I had dinner with last night, they were talking about having seen ticks recently in their woods. So at the very least, though, you should see fewer of them. But yeah, if you are going to do things like either cutting new trails or managing uh, current trails that you have, any sort of infrastructure you need to build in your woods, if you're doing any sort of like woodland, perennial growing, if you want to like do any sort of, you know, terracing or setting up forest type beds. This is a great time of year to start planning that out and actually getting to it and working on it. Next on the list would be handcrafts. And so this is more in the realm, at least for me, of fun hobbies to work on. Again, my real life is not matching up to in my head what winter should look like now. In my head, we have this awesome wood stove that is up and functional. And I just wish that it was cold enough that I just would want to sit around in front of the wood stove and work on knitting or embroidery or quilting or spoon carving, all hobbies that I love and I wish I had more time to spend on them throughout the other parts of the year. And so it feels like winter should be that time, right? It should be nice and chilly. I want to be snowed in for a couple days and just have like all the hot chocolate and tea and get to work on all these projects. And it should just be like the coziest feeling ever. And instead, you know, it's, I don't know, I think it's like 60 degrees today or something like that. I mean, I'm walking around in flip-flops still half the time. This is ridiculous, y'all. That doesn't change the fact, though, that I can still do all all of these activities. I can still quilt and and knit and embroider and work on my carving. I can do all of these things, even if it's not nice and chilly out. I apologize if y'all can hear these adorable pitbull grunts in the background. Hero, one of my pitbulls, is in here recording with me, being my little podcasting assistant producer today. So all the handcrafts, that's something I love to work on this time of year. And also just like maintenance. So if you have any quilts in your house that need to be repaired, any sort of mending that you need to do, clothing or anything else, this is again a really good time to work on that. Another thing to jump into would be pantry management. So really taking time to go through and assess what you have stored up, especially if you're someone that is canning or doing any other sort of food preservation throughout the year from your garden or foraging near you or anything like that. So taking a good solid look at your pantry management and figuring out what you have to work with. Is there stuff you've already run out of? Is there stuff that you have a lot of that you need to start making sure you're working into your meal planning so that it doesn't get a little too long in tooth? If you're doing food preservation, especially via canning, 
most stuff isn't going to go bad, but the older it gets, once it gets past a couple years, you're going to start to notice some changes in like the texture and maybe the flavor of what you've canned. So I still, I try to move through my stuff pretty quickly within, I'd love to say a year, but definitely within two years of putting something up, I'm trying to make sure I've used it up so that I'm, you know, again, it's not that it's going to go quote unquote bad, but it isn't going to taste as nice as something that I canned the most recent season. So make sure you're doing good, solid rotation. This is where restaurant management work comes in handy for me with the idea of FIFO, first in, first out. So making sure you're rotating and using up the oldest thing first, new stuff goes to the back and just keep that rotation going. If you really do need help with pantry management and making sure you're using up what you've stored, there are some cool people. I am not one of them, but there are people doing these pantry challenges on Instagram throughout January and sometimes longer than that where they're challenging people to eat completely out of their pantry and not grocery shop for like the entire month of January or some other set amount of time. I think that's really cool because that's a great way to save money and make sure that you're utilizing all the awesome stuff that you put up the previous season. I'm not taking part in that though, just because I really do still like having some fresh fruits and vegetables in my diet. So, but I am working through my pantry pretty consistently though, and I've actually eaten down quite a bit of it. And that kind of leads me into the next part of what I really love about winter homesteading projects and which I've seen so many of you already working on, and that would be planning the spring garden. And it's just so much fun. I love dreaming about the spring garden and I get to do it twice because I get to do our personal garden for the homestead, the vegetable garden, and then I also get to do the herb garden for the farm and all of the projects related to the farm and for the business for that as well. So I get to kind of double dip and do all of the planning and I'm so excited to do that. And so I'm going to start doing that this weekend probably. So how pantry management ties into that though, is as you're planning your garden for next year, really looking at your pantry and asking yourself, let's think about like tomatoes, for instance, think about what a normal week of cooking looks like for your household how how many jars of tomatoes, whether you put up quarts or pints or whatever unit you used to preserve those? How many jars are you using in a given week or month? Okay, now look at what you have, do the math and extrapolate that out until, you know, May, June, whenever you know for your climate when you're going to be able to harvest tomatoes again. Do you have enough to get you from here until that point? If you don't, then that could be a message for you of, oh, hey, I should grow more tomatoes next year because I need to put away more in order to be able to last through a full growing cycle until the next time I get tomatoes. The flip side of that is if you're looking at that and going, whoa, I have way too much of this, then you know you can actually probably plan to cut back a little bit for the next time when you plan out this upcoming garden instead. So I like to get really kind of dorky and get into the math of that and figure out, you know, how many things of green beans am I using per week? How many jars of jelly? You know, whatever out of everything I've used, you know, pickles and and just all that. And going through not only your pantry, but your freezer. If you're someone, you know, we put up a lot of stuff in the freezer, especially like fresh berries and stuff from the wood edges here because we have so many blackberries on the property. Anything you've canned, dried, frozen, any method of preservation, include that in your pantry management. And then let that information inform you while you're then planning out your spring garden as well. So a little bit of a shorter episode this week, but that's because I want to leave you all plenty of time to implement these things and have some fun with it. Because regardless of the temperature where you are, it is winter. This is supposed to be a restful time for us. 
And I hope you take full advantage of that. As always, you can contact me with questions, comments, or topics you would like me to cover. You can find me on Instagram at foxandelder, by email, foxandelder at gmail.com. And ways that you can support the show, you can sign up for the Full Moon Philip. That is the zine that comes to you in the, in the mail every month. You can find that over on Patreon. There'll be links for everything in the, in the show notes. Or you can also purchase items through the online store, foxandelder.com, or go there to book an online herbal consultation with me where we chat by video for an hour. And that consultation also includes some sort of herbal remedy, whether that's, you know, a tea or a salve or something sent to you. All right, y'all enjoy that winter, regardless of weather, have some fun. And until next time, keep your hands dirty and your heart open.